uh, you know, the, 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 the most of the time that we have together. So um, I'd like to, to issue a warm welcome to everybody that's on the call um, on this very special ISEP Connect. It's our third ISEP Connect. We started this in April of this year. And the purpose of ISEP Connect is for our organization to connect with its members and future members. So I would encourage anyone on the call to please join our association by going to the website. Um, so we're, we're trying to connect with you to share great research great ideas that we're actually um, that we're actually engaged in currently and in this climate I'm seeing that we're in an innovation bubble at the moment it's a really exciting time and the more we can connect and share what we're doing and share our ideas the more we're going to propel our our profession forward so the goals of ISEP are around high quality research in sport pedagogy in physical education in physical activity settings um, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. So the more of these types of conversations we can have, the better. I want to hand over to Aria and to Christy uh, for this wonderful session that they've prepared for you. Um, I'd really like you to use the chat function for questions that arise as we go through this. Um, and I'm so thrilled that they're going to host this session uh, for you. They're a special interest group within ISEP. They're highly successful, highly engaged. Um, and you'll see that in spades uh, in terms of the presentation they're about to make to you. So thank you so much. And I'm just going to hand over now to Christy and to Aria. Thank you. Thank you, Fiona. And good morning, everyone, all over the world. And uh, also Deborah, down, not down, far away from behind the Atlantic Ocean. So I am Arya Saxlafti, the Chair of Early Year Special Interest Group. And first, uh, I would like to tell you a few words about our aims. And would you please, uh, Christy, or who can share the next slide? Yes, thank you. So we are a growing network of researchers and academics interested on early childhood education, physical activity and health, physical education and physical development. And our vision is to come together uh, to share our findings, to generate uh, collaborative opportunities for research and to do international comparisons in one word, to collaborate. So our specific interests are uh, teaching, physical education, physical activity, physical development, health and well-being, children's development through play, and children's growth and development. So next, our secretary, Dr. Christy Harwells, will tell you one example of cooperation in our group. So you are very warmly welcome here. Thank you, so, Christy. Um, so we wanted to um, showcase in particular some of the um, how we have done our vision in action. So we wanted to tell you about our collaborative publication um, that uh, was published in the Federation International Div Education Physique um, and how we came about it. So we actually published on physical activity recommendations for early childhood. It was an international analysis of 10 different countries, their current national physical activity policies, and also the practices that occur for those under the age of five. 
in terms of how we went about it, we actually started in Edinburgh in 2018, where we all came together in our pre-Congress um, and we had presentations from uh, 40, different, uh, 40 different participants um, actually came to our pre-Congress workshop. We had 12 different countries contribute on the day. That was our step one. What we identified in that, that there was some real interesting and fascinating similarities and differences both in policy and practice. So from that, we decided as a special interest group that it was worthwhile us actually completing a full policy and practice analysis within each of the individual settings. 10 countries continued on out of our 12 that we started with. We virtually wrote together. We designed a structure for us to analyze the policy and practice within every country. So it had a strict methodology that we actually followed. And then from that, we actually devised recommendations, um, both linked to um, educational practice, uh, research, and then we successfully published as a unit in 2018. So it, these things take a, a, a while to actually do to work collaboratively, but they sort of shine of success in terms of how we got there. Our purpose was to actually analyze policy and practice. It was never been done previously. There was a real gap in terms of the um, zero to five. And at that time, there was no World Health Organization physical activity recommendations. They actually came out at a very similar time to when we published. We questioned if the global daily physical activity recommendations could be customed to actually be used within this early years age phase. We looked at educational situations in terms of um, age uh, that children go to preschool and school, the qualifications of who look after those children, the number of hours within each setting, what happens with the curriculum, how is it similar, how is it different, what the national recommendations actually are, and then we offered age-related ideas and also future recommendations. As a result, we found that two countries based the national recommendations directly on the, at that time period, the World Health Organization 2010 physical activity recommendations. Six countries had their own particular recommendations and two countries did not have or did not use physical activity recommendations for early years or even school aged children. In terms of what we wanted to then make a stand about afterwards and our future recommendations is that we felt that there was a need for an international global statement regarding children's physical activities. We wanted to emphasize the importance of physical activity to overall support children's development in a holistic way, using our versatile environments and um, to really focus on the affordances within each um, different country and different season. We felt it was important for children, practitioners and teachers to enjoy physical activity. So it's that togetherness of all of the community to develop a lifelong physical activity um, message and a physical activity uptake. We also recognised that there was a massive gap for some countries in particular in terms of knowledge and understanding of physical activity and that we recommend that they, we have an upskilling of our practitioners and our teachers. 
We came up with eight particular recommendations. We have a lot of these, so I recommend that um, you follow the link with us afterwards to have more detail on what we recommend for zero to 12, one to three years old, three to five, and then six to eight. We broke it down into the ages because of the child developments um, and also the different needs of the different ages. In terms of where it took us in terms of research, what it emphasised to us was this collaborative need. We need to have common ways in which we collect data to allow for international comparison. There's no good us all doing different things because we can't compare. We need to have a common way and a common future. We also recommended that there is a real need to explore and investigate physical activity interventions, in particular for infants and toddlers, so we can help establish these foundations for recommendations for all ages of children, but it does need to start with us. We also um, needed and emphasised the for purpose of sharing and comparing research so that we can learn from each other and promote global health for our children through both physical activity and also through play. And these are our contact details for the links are directly on the ICEP early years um, website for people to be able to look and read our publication in more detail. Um, Boris, I think we're heading to you next. Okay, we move on to my or, presentation directly. Or should we answer something to Mark Luce? Uh, question why not parents that we didn't um, mention anything about parents so first fact was first of all mark excellent uh, question and the fact was that when we analyzed these different documents uh, so hardly no one no none of these documents uh, recognized or underlined the role of uh, parents but and that's you are very right that it's it's very uh, important aspect and that is something that we need to consider further so thank we, we you did for this put it as we did put it as one of our recommendations of yeah. educational purposes to help support parents and also significant others whether they be grandparents or carers to be involved with the teachers and also with the children To Boris. Okay. I share my screen. So. Can you see it? Yes. Yes, I can start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Thank you very much uh, for attending this Zoom meeting. And today I'm going to present you the picture scale of perceived water competence that we have developed in our earlier's uh, specific interest group. Uh, as you know, water competence is a very specific part of motor competence and it deserves to be investigated as water competence is related to two important 
achievement during childhood, once learning to swim and secondly drowning prevention. Uh, water competence uh, depends on different complementary skills and you can, as you can see in the tables from Stallman at collaborators. And um, so it's uh, these important steps of water competence development occur during the early years. And uh, one consequence is that uh, measuring perceived competence uh, could also be very important, especially with the children, as it has been shown that um, there is some relationships between uh, perceived competence and uh, children behavior. And there is additionally a growing interest in uh, that specific topic. So um, we decided uh, in the group to, uh, to develop such uh, picturesque levels of perceived water competence, which is adapted to uh, children from uh, four to eight years old. So one important issue uh, of measuring perceived water competence is to compare it with real water competence. And some of our hypothesis from this comparison is that an overestimation of the water competence could lead to a more risky behavior in the water that could lead to maybe an increase in the risk of drowning. Another hypothesis is that an underestimation of the uh, perceived uh, water competence uh, could have a negative consequence on uh, participation in water activities and could lead to an increased risk of demotivation and water avoidance. As a consequence, uh, the building of such a tool was necessary to verify these hypotheses. So the building of this picture scale started in Laramie during the very first early years SIG uh, meeting in the ISF pre-program. At that particular moment, in the meeting, Christine de Martelard in the square had the brilliant idea of this picture scales of perceived water competence and decided to share her idea within the group. And with Christy, Aria, and I, uh, we decided to help Christine to achieve her idea. As you can see, the, the project took form in Guadeloupe at the two 2017 ISF conference and also continue to progress during and between the conferences. One of my PhD students, Liliana, and decided to achieve her PhD on the building and the validation of the uh, pictorial scales. You can see on the slide the timeline of a research project. Her work on the phase and content validity allowed us to present and to publish two months ago the first version of the testing manual of the picture scales. So this is our 
testing manual that has been published online and that is available on ResearchGate and is uh, also available on our open access website at the University of Liège. You can find the link uh, below. And uh, this uh, pictural scales is uh, specifically adapted to uh, the children from four to eight year olds. So uh, this manual contains a theoretical introduction. It describes the testing procedure and it presents in details all situation uh, with uh, the name of the situation, uh, with information on the fundamentals that are tested with the depths of the water. Uh, it also uh, gives instruction, uh, the presentation of the situation to the child, and it gives information on the different level description. And of course, you can find all the pictures. So uh, with this testing manual, you are free to use our tool and to experiment it in your own research if you like. So here is a very quick and short overview of the uh, 17 situation uh, in the scale. We have uh, the very first lying down on the front position. You can see second situation standing and submersion in the water, blowing bubbles under the water, catching an object under the water, floating on the back, floating on the front, uh, entry in the water by a slide, uh, gliding under the water, leg propulsion, no, swimming on the back, swimming on the front, uh, water entry by jumping, water entry by diving, water exit, treading water, and also some changing of direction, turning from the back uh, to the front, etc. So uh, this table shows that the picturesquers present progressive situation in different depths of water and allow to investigate uh, all aquatic fundamentals. Of course, uh, research uh, team have already started to investigate different key points with these picturesquers in different countries. And by example, uh, in Liège with Lilian and I, we investigated the first validity, the con uh, perceived versus real competence. Uh, in Australia, the team of, B of Lisa Barnett has also investigated uh, different items. Uh, Christine, of course, and also Aldo Costa in Portugal has also uh, already achieved uh, research that are uh, right now uh, either need to be finished or uh, maybe under uh, uh, publication. And uh, also uh, we know that uh, project will also be conducted in Finland and in UK with uh, Arya and Christy. Of course, um, we are starting with this picture scales, but we have already exciting perspective, like uh, by example, the comparison of perceived versus real competence, the comparison of 
parents and teacher perceive competence versus children perceive competence or real competence relationships between all these measuring all these measurements and of course with the risk uh, in uh, drowning and uh, also maybe uh, motivation uh, in aquatic activities uh, we also want to investigate cross cultural differences in the perceived competence and uh, we are aware that this very first version of the Petra scales is uh, not complete and we want to improve it to be adapt adapted to uh, more cultures and also maybe to open water environment and of course uh, we have the plan maybe to uh, improve the Petra scales in order to uh, analyze all water competencies and maybe uh, in addition those who are uh, more specifically related to drowning prevention. So, of course, you are uh, welcome to uh, join the movement. So, thank you very much for your attention on this meeting and a special thanks to all the research group for being so, so enthusiastic in this project. Thank you so much, Boris, for uh, sh showing and showcasing another one of our collaborative projects that have been published this year. We're very proud of our two main projects that have been published this year. Um, if we do, we have any questions? There were some lovely comments in the chat box that were going on. Uh, Alison's keen to use it in uh, her ITE provision for, with her students next year. Wesley is saying it's a really important uh, water competence addition to motor competence field. Um, and Katrina is saying congratulations is a very interesting study so thank you so much for everybody's comments um, our next stop in terms of where we're going to next is we're moving to um, two examples of our current research projects that are being completed within our early years group um, Donna I'm gonna head to you next are you ready Donna okay don't forget to unmute Yes, thank you, Christy. Uh, hello, everybody. So my name is Donna, and today I'm uh, talking about uh, our Skilled Kids project. Uh, here, can you see the slides? Maybe not. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Uh, here. Now, can you see them? Yes, thank you. So, uh, yeah, a couple of words about our Skilled Kids study, which aimed to better understand the motor competence and perception of motor competence and their associated factors in Finnish children living in the different parts of Finland. Here you can see the map of Finland. The study aim was to have nationally representative sample of children and the participating childcare centers were randomly chosen. Nearly 40 childcare centers were involved and all the participants were three to seven years old children. First, we focused on motor competence and its associated 
factors. As we know that better motor competence can prevent physical inactivity and obesity. And we tested motor competence with two assessment tools, DGMD3 and KTK. We found that higher age and participation in organized sport activities were associated with uh, better motor performance in both these assessment tools. Interestingly, we also uh, noticed that temperament traits such as higher activity levels and attention span persistence were associated with both assessment tools into better motor competence. Uh, then, secondly, we focused on differences in motor competence based on the living environment within the country, as Finland is vivid and can provide different opportunities for physical activity based on the environment. The living environment was um, categorized into uh, geographical locations based on geographical locations, so into northern, central and southern Finland, and additionally into based on residential density, uh, uh, which you can see over here also. We found out that the residential density was the, the most uh, differentiating uh, thing to, to uh, differentiate the, the motor competence in, in children as the countryside children, and here you can see the girls, outperform other regions in, in motor competence. If we look at the boys, the same tendency was also found there. So countryside boys were better than other regions. However, statistically significant difference was only found with rural areas boys. Then, interestingly, I found, find that uh, countryside children uh, uh, spend more time outdoors after childcare day center days. However, the um, metropolitan area children tended to participate the most in organized sports. Thirdly, we wanted to focus on perception of motor competence, so how the children evaluate their actual motor skills. And we used the Victoria scale for perceived movement skill competence for young children. That is quite the same as uh, Boris was uh, earlier telling you. And we found that five to seven years old children had high perceptions of, of their actual skills. And also we found gender differences. Girls were better in actual locomotor skills. Nevertheless, they did not perceive their locomotor skills to be higher than boys. Um, however, boys had better actual ball skills and they also perceived to be better in, in, in their ball skills. So I think pedagogically, this is quite interesting point to, to maintain. And with higher perceptions, associated factors were younger age and a higher body mass index. Then if the child evaluated their actual motor competence realistically, 
They were likely to be older and to live in denser areas of population in Finland. However, if the child underestimated their actual motor competence, they tended to have more parental support for physical activity. They were likely to have more parent-reported health issues. To conclude, I would say that individual factors such as age, gender, temperament traits and possibilities to participate in organized sports can enhance motor competence and perception of motor competence development and additionally daily living environment can make a difference on motor competence due to possibilities to have more space and safe environment to engage motor tasks and physical activities. Here you can see our website if you are interested and there you can find also those publications that I was referring to. Thank you. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Donna. Lovely to hear what you've been doing and all your publications that has been coming out of your PhD work. Great work. Um, so we've had some lovely comments again in the chat. Everybody's being so nice and lovely to us today. Uh, and no difficult questions. Please don't be afraid to ask us questions. We, we can do questions too. Um, but Donna, they've been saying that it's lovely to see a relationship between motor skill competence and open spaces. It's also reported great work um, and uh, a lovely comparison between uh, the Finnish uh, map and the Scottish map. So uh, <laughs> Alison is feeling very much at home. Um, so um, where we are, um, as uh, nobody is uh, sharing um, questions with us, we are going to head to our second current project that is currently underway um, with Anne Christen um, over in Sweden. Um, are you ready? Oh, lovely. Yes, I'm ready. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you all. Uh, I don't have any pictures. I will just uh, short tell you about the project that is ongoing and it's um, I'm cooperating with my colleague Jan-Erik Ekberg in Malmö University and it's a project about uh, physical activity and motor skills uh, among uh, preschool children uh, one to five years old. And uh, the study I was going to tell you a little bit more about is uh, in five preschools. And it's uh, the staff working with the children uh, that are involved in the study. And uh, we are performing focus group interviews. Uh, and uh, the study is halfway now and uh, it it will take 18 months and we meet the staff continuously and uh, they uh, produce uh, small films from their work with the children. And we are not involved at all and we just want to study what happens uh, in the preschool if uh, the staff um, are allowed to meet and uh, talk about uh, physical activity, to put it on the agenda, because uh, our 
hypothesis is uh, that uh, physical activity and motor skills are not uh, the most spoken subject in the preschools. So we want to see what uh, will happen when they are um, more observe, they observe their own uh, activity with the children. And uh, we are halfway now and I can't present any results, but it's interesting to see uh, within the group, uh, they, they are more comfortable to speak about physical activity and motor competence among the children. And um, hopefully in the end of this year, we will uh, have some results and perhaps um, we can present it uh, in, uh, in an article in uh, this topic later on. And uh, we will continue with the, the next study this autumn and we will also observe uh, the children and the environment in the preschools. Uh, and uh, the former studies in this project is about uh, the perceptions of the preschool teachers and uh, students in preschool teacher education, uh, how they perceive uh, physical activity and uh, motor skills among preschool children. And actually, there is very little done in Sweden, and we are, uh, we are curious about what's the secret about it, because uh, most children in Sweden, they spend the whole day in preschool, and uh, why there is so little about physical activity and motor skills. So we hope uh, we can tell you a little bit more about Swedish preschools after our study. So we will, we will continue. Thank you so much. And we look forward to reading your article and perhaps hearing from you again in uh, Canada when we all come back together, fingers crossed, in uh, 2021. Um, we had a, a couple of questions that I'm going to put out to the whole panel, not just for, for me to ask. So first up, we had uh, Mac asking, are there some practical examples of what has been done to increase physical activity in young children at school, at home or other places? Um, uh, Donna or Aria, do you wish to take that question? Hmm. Aria, do you want? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, I was reading the uh, chat, so I missed the question. Sorry, but Donna, you but, can start. I, 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 I tried to understand what was the question. <laughs> yeah, what have we been doing to increase the physical activity in uh, in in children and uh, schools and so on in childcare centers? Well. Um, the aim of our study ha has been that to understand what are those factors that are associated with 
for example, to motor competence and to physical activity. And I think now uh, we have created the recommendations uh, for early years in Finland, but um, we need definitely to work on it. And we have been doing, I think, great work uh, with early educators and teachers to, you know, just to um, teach, teach and, and try to uh, educate how to uh, increase the possibilities for physical activity and how we could uh, learn that and, and use the four seasons, for example, that we have here in, in Finland to, to uh, create multiple ways of being uh, physically active so that young children um, are always motivated uh, to to somehow uh, be physically active yeah but this this is a good question and we need to to work on it uh, very much yeah, yeah thank you Donna and I, I would like to continue with this aspect that sometimes we think, we might think that cross-sectional study don't give anything for practitioners or policymakers. But uh, as an example of this skilled kid study, we found, for example, that the larger the playing area the preschool or childcare center has, the more uh, or better motor skills children have. So that. Uh, gave us permission uh, to talk to our stakeholders that that this kind of aspect in childcare centers, the larger area, uh, playing area, they have the more variety in the landscape, um, support children's motor uh, development, for example. So in the future, we try to uh, put a lot of impact and I've already done this kind of work in, uh, within Finland to uh, convince them that when they build new childcare centers, so this kind of aspect needs to be taken care. And remember that you can't, and, and it's not op optimal uh, thing to build uh, childcare centers in a very narrow place where children don't have enough space for playing. So we can support uh, early educators to have appropriate working environment so uh, so this is something that we would like to inform to our stakeholders but i agree of course we need also intervention studies to show and different aspects but uh, but the value of this kind of randomized uh, uh, cross-sectional study is needed to show uh, the data for stakeholders to convince them that it's worth of money to put some kind of uh, permanent structures like uh, the size of your uh, playing field and uh, that kind of aspect. Yeah. Um, do I raise my, I don't know how to raise my hand. <laughs> ah, can you see me and hear my voice? Yes, I can I take an opportunity to add to Arya and Donna. Thank you for everybody for very nice presentations. 
Uh, I'm Susanna Ivonen from the University of Eastern Finland. And I add one viewpoint about how, uh, what uh, things we do in order to uh, take care that uh, critical education in early education settings is uh, going as it should be. Uh, at the moment, we have a situation in Finland that we have five universities which educate uh, early childhood education teachers. And uh, in these five universities, we who teach the future early childhood education, how to teach physical education in children in their, in their settings, we collaborate together. So uh, we try to uh, collect together so that the things that we teach to future early childhood education is based on the latest scientific knowledge and so that we directly um, take the new research findings into the practice through our hands once the early childhood education teachers graduate from these universities. So from this viewpoint we have also quite good situation, which will hopefully improve in the future as well. Thanks. Um, I, I think uh, that links back nicely to our first uh, publication where we were recommending an upskilling of our early practitioners and our teachers so that they are aware and are critical of resources that are offered to them so that you they start questioning why am I using this how is it helping why would we be implementing this to help child development to help physical activity to help the overall health of the children so uh, we're spending quite a lot of time in our initial teacher education practices to share resources to look at policy. We've had in recent years very much policy told to us that we must be doing these physical activity interventions with our early children. Um, and so we, we now start questioning a lot more, but why, how, and what? So then you, they can make um, effective choices in the, in the right way. Um, I'm uh, just uh, aware of time and I appreciate everybody's thoughts and comments, but I'm going to take us to Aria to talk about our next exciting opportunity, which I hope will um, take uh, everybody with us on our next part of our journey. Thank you, Christy. So I try to find... So can you see it now? Excellent. So uh, we want to facilitate early childhood based uh, research through special issue in International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. And it is an open access journal and therefore we believe that open access would increase the availability of research results around the world because we know that there are more rich and meet rich countries which can um, have uh, these 
different journals more easily and then there are some countries who needs to only have a, access to these open access journals so therefore we want to make this available for everyone and uh, here you uh, see the focus so we invite uh, high quality manuscripts focusing on physical activity and motor competence intervention programs in early childhood settings and i was so happy that the uh, chat chat uh, those people who were chatting there uh, were uh, aware of importance of different kind of intervention programs so we really want to facilitate and offer uh, some place to offer these kind of articles. So also um, we focus on different social, emotional, cognitive and health intervention programs as part of physical education or physical activity intervention program in early education settings. And also studies of the trends and comparisons of preschool age children's physical education curriculums, physical activity and motor competence. And here you see the topics in keywords. So we really um, hope that you will tell about this opportunity also to your colleagues who are working in this area. And this submission is already open and the deadline for submission will end uh, next year, May 31. So there will be plenty of time to prepare very good uh, article and this uh, QR code will lead you directly to the journal web page and uh, the call of papers so we really really uh, welcome all interested uh, manuscripts about this topic to this uh, short question, Aria. Thank you. Uh, do you have any idea? Are you going to accept uh, systematic reviews and meta-analysis? There's always room for good systematic analysis. Thanks. Um, Some other questions? Sorry, Aria. I was just going to say the journal accepts all types of um, articles. Mm. So mm. whichever um, is your preferred option, there is. That's the great thing about this particular journal is that there's such a variety of types of articles that can be submitted. So it should be a great opportunity for everybody. Um, Wesley has asked if there's a publication cost. Um, yes, there is um, for the even for the special issue. Um, all the details are on the link that I've put on the chat in case you haven't got your QR code reader ready. Yes, so I think that uh, we are we have used all, almost our time. Or do you have any questions, comments? So I stop sharing my screen so I, I can see also the chat line. We and have for a, next just a few year, yeah, yes, for next year, as Chrissy already told, we are planning to have the pre-Congress seminar as <laughs> always before, and we really, um, appreciate your interest here 
today. And also we are very warmly welcome you to participate in that aspect. And we were planning to continue this kind of cooperation as Ingun already asked in case there are um, curriculums in early year settings in different countries. And that was one uh, very important aspect that we have been talking about, as well as the importance of play and physically active play in early year setting and this physical education setting. So we have a lot of different themes to continue and let's see how we progress. And we really hope that this uh, uh, terrible situation all over the world, we can handle it and really meet each other. This is nice opportunity, but it's always uh, different when we can uh, talk face to face and share ideas and become inspired about each other's thinking and the social um, and differences between different countries, but also philosophical thinking, educational uh, thinking is very, very different in the different countries. And there were also one um, question about uh, motor competence measurement. Uh, so very interesting aspect also to have perhaps one uh, thematic symposium in maybe next uh, next meeting. So they have, there will be many good, interesting things to consider. And please follow our web page, keep in contact, and we'll, 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 we'll continue to keep on contact to you. Christy, do you want to say some final words of Fiona? Um, just uh, thank you everybody for joining us. And um, Mark has his hand up. So we're gonna head to Mark before Fiona, if that's okay. So Mark? Yeah, just shortly. I would like to thank also Fiona and Cassandra who organized that, uh, uh, that uh, session and the, the order session. The technician aspect is important and uh, we, we have to, uh, to follow such uh, initiative and offer other opportunities like this. Um, I, I fully agree with you, Mark. I think this special interest group is an example of exactly what ISF should be doing. Um, what's really compelling is not only the cultural reach and the diversity of the group, um, but what you're doing with that. So you're not just talking, you're researching, you're sharing, you've a plan. I mean, you've a plan for the coming year and you're, 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 um, you're so dynamic that you're including as many people as you can in that conversation. So I want to compliment both of you as leaders of this SIG. Uh, we're really proud of what you're doing and we hold you up as a role model of what we would, we would hope uh, the work of ISF uh, could, could do, the, the type of impact you could have. So it's a really, really important area you're working in, uh, no pressure. Um, but, and, and also I, I need to flag that, that you said this area, you're in an innovation space now un, unlike any other time in, in the world. Um, so let's see what we can do with it. So we can look at it in a very glass half empty kind of way. This is very awful, la la la, it is. 
But equally, you can flip that as you are doing and do some super work. We're now connecting with more people than we've ever done before um, opening up new uh, dialogue with, with, with everyone around the world. I just, I'm, I'm so impressed by you and thank you so, so much for sharing all of your work. Um, and we just, just, I suppose, in closing, just to say to you that our next uh, one of these uh, ISEP Connect sessions, um, Cassandra and I, Cassandra the Bouncer and me, <laughs> is going to be hopefully hosted, um, not in July, we're giving everyone a little break in July, but at the end of August, and we have a really nice uh, plan for that session, but we will not reveal it as yet. Uh, but I think you're going to really enjoy that one too. Um, and we want to invite this particular SIG to come back to us during the year and let us know how you get on. The whole idea is that we, we need to keep this going. It's not just a once-off discussion. Um, and as you say, you have your website, your Twitter feed, and you have lots of things to do. Um, so yeah, so really well, well done again. And I'm going to leave the closing words to you, Christy. And I'm going to post something in the chat that I want you to click on. I'm just being cheeky by putting it in there, but I'm not going to waste everybody's time going on about it. Um, it's the Global Design Challenge that I'm running this weekend. So I'll post that in there, click on it, have a look at it. But I'm leaving the last word over to you. And last thanks before I do that to Cassandra for her patience. She's exhausted over in Australia doing this. And she is wonderful. She created the fabulous graphics for, for this, this particular uh, initiative and with good humor and grace and all the lovely things uh, about our Cassandra. So thank you, Cassandra. So over to you, Christy, just to close off there. Thank you, Fiona. Um, just to echo um, Fiona's thanks to Cassandra. And um, in particular, we're very proud of what we've been able to achieve as a early special interest group. We are always open for more people to come and join us, to come and join our collaboration. We want our reach to go out as far as we possibly can. Our whole purpose and our vision, as we talked about at the beginning, was to you know change the world of our early years children and the global health of all. So that involves all of you. And um, as we always say, we never say goodbye we just say until next time so thank you for joining us and until next time thank you everyone bye stay safe have a nice bye, weekend everyone. Bye. 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 well done bye bye